I'm Deontay Burden, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Good morning and welcome to Down to Dunk, episode 756. You can find us on CLNS Media, dailythunder.com, dash radio at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or of course, anywhere you subscribe to your podcast. We are a little bit different today. We don't have Luke, so this is Jay, and with Andrew, Slam Throw, and Taylor, Sweet dreams are made of this. Who am I to disagree? Travel the world in the seven seas. Everybody's look slam through. Shout out Anderson. Oh wow, did you get a request? Uh, maybe a little. Maybe I went to a little spooky Halloween party last night. And met someone who knew of Down the Dunk podcast. And he's like, dude, you have to sing Marilyn Manson's Sweet Dream tomorrow morning. <laughs> no, not that. No. <laughs> so I, that was just me. I Googled spooky songs and saw, ooh, Sweet Dreams. Pretty much anything by Marilyn Manson, I'm assuming, would be defined as a spooky song, right? Beautiful people. Oh. Beautiful people. Beautiful people. Wow. I was really hoping that you would sing Shaggy, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too cold to do some shaggy. You got to be on a beach or looking at the ocean somewhere. So I was I was on a cruise for a week, and they played looking for Amelia Earhart. Just to clarify, right? Looking for Amelia Earhart. Uh, didn't find her. Surprise, surprise. But they did play the song "It Wasn't Me" by Shaggy maybe three to four times a day, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful. So are your kids with you when that song comes on? Oh yeah. I mean, is it? They're still oblivious enough to it. Yes. So I have a story. My son this week. I don't know. It's, this is this is what school does. All of a sudden, he came home, and we have a Google Nest or home or whatever it is in our living or our kitchen. And wow! Wow! I know. So uh, we're kind of <laughs> awesome. Uh, no, he he goes up to it and he goes, "Hey, Google." And he's talking real quiet to it, and I can't really tell what he's doing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Sir Mix-a-Lot's uh, Baby Got Back comes on. Oh, my God, Becky. And he is just giggling. He loves that song. And I'm like, Andrew, I stop him. I was like, what is this? What do you think this song's about? Yeah. Uh, big butts? It's like, kind of, yeah, that's it. Yeah. What do you think it's? I didn't say this, but like, what do you think it says whenever he tells you that his anaconda don't want none? Yeah. Unless you got buns, hon. <laughs> My son's 10. So I'm just like, uh, let's just hold off on those yeah. for a little He has no idea. No idea, dude. So here's what I'm thinking. I keep thinking back about like, I remember when I was a fifth grader, so, you know, 11, one year older than my son. And like Rump Shaker by Rex and Effects came on, like, was my favorite song, Rump Shaker. And there yeah. are moments in it where I'm like, there's, no way I had any idea what they were talking about as an 11-year-old. But I thought it was the coolest song. I go to my little – we used to have 
We used to have elementary school dance parties at uh, the YWCA. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'd go to those. Yeah. So yeah. I'd, show up, I'd show up in my little silk short shirt and yeah, some man. pants that were probably silk super... Silk shorts. <laughs> my silk shorts. It was a whole outfit, top and bottom. So. I'd cover myself in Calvin Klein obsession and I'd <laughs> walk in. That's, that's not a joke. Uh, uh, so cool water. Cool water, primarily. Yeah. So the Thunder lost to the Blazers. They the did. They did. They're one and four. 99 to 102. Close game. They're one the and four. Are here, I'm not even going to look. I'm going to say they're one and four with a positive point differential. <laughs> That's true. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's true. Their defense has been great. I mean, holding the Blazers to 102 is big. Well, and you, when you play the Warrior, the Wizards and the Rockets, and neither one of them score more than 100. Like, they score at or a little bit above 100 points. Yeah. And then they just played each other and scored 156 and 157 points. One, I was like, one, hey, 158, 159, don't shortchange it. And I said, I think our defense may, may be the def- elite. The defense is legitimately good. I don't know if it's as good as it's looked because there's been a lot of luck on the Thunder side when it comes to shot making. I think the three-point shooting has been abysmal from the opponents. Uh Really, until they played the Blazers, and some of that is like uncontested. It's not just that, like some, yes, a lot of that, not a lot, but yeah. some of that is uncontested. And that luck has really been playing out in our win loss column. It's really, it's really been helpful in the win loss <laughs> column. Now, and you know, if if you're the Thunder, I think that you look at what's been happening. You're like they're one. They're getting better at playing together over the course of these five games. Two, they're competitive in every game they played. And three, hey, we lose and we maintain our draft position. This is like this is as ideal as it gets without winning. I know it's it's been a battle for me of shifting my um like my expectations for yeah. what this team is and could be. Yeah. Like and I and I mentioned this on Twitter the other day, like we've had ten years. Ten years of Every year competing for a championship. Yeah. Like, really. So, 10 years ago this season, if it wasn't 11, I think it's 10, was the year they beat the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. It was 10. And it just yeah. started everything. Yeah. So, for every year after that, the Thunder were in a place where they were competing or trying to reorient towards that. Every year. And to have a team that switches gears so fundamentally is just has been a, like a learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. And... It's it's still going to be hard. Like I know there are going to be times, and I think the the difference is like number one is it's kind of how we're wired. It's how we're we're trained. Um, Ten years is a long time, and it creates a lot of expectations and habits. But the other thing is like when you see this team, you're like, man, they they are not bad. They're not bad. They're not bad. And, no. And remembering though, in the middle of that, like it does nothing to benefit Oklahoma City to win. Now nothing. Like they're not competing for a championship. Like, yeah, it doesn't feel like the organization is going to make a move to take this team as currently constructed and make them better. No, the goal is to get bad, or you know, get lucky. Really, the goal is to get more superstars on this team. That's how you win championships. Yeah. That's how you become a contender. Is you have superstars on your team. How do you get a superstar in Oklahoma City? Free agency. <laughs> Through free agency because small markets are constantly signing these powerhouse free agents. Uh, no, and through trade, yeah, not really an option. They Obviously, they have assets for trade, but if you're talking about having a run that will last 10-plus years, you don't build a team through 
through trade. Right. Well, and also I think the important thing is to remember like the likelihood like so look at Toronto, look at Oklahoma City over the last three years. Yeah. They traded for players that were out of their range, right? Yeah. And and it produced an immediate fruit. Like obviously the Raptors won a championship. And I think most Thunder fans would be like, dude, if we could trade one season for one of these superstars to win a championship, sure, we would probably do that. Yeah. Probably. Uh, the Paul George thing obviously was weird, and but he was here for a year. He re-signed for another year, but it feels like somewhat that he re-signed for that other year, knowing that there was the space for him to leave when he when the time was ready. Uh, yeah, maybe that's unfair. I don't know the fullness of that, but um, and you look at that like that's that is the higher likelihood for a smaller market. Whenever it comes to trading, like they could put seven picks together and go get somebody that's a you know low a level mm-hmm. superstar maybe that somebody's tired of and maybe they win 50 games this year but the likelihood of them resigning here the likelihood of them making this their home is so low it's low it's so low that you have to you have to look at the draft a controllable contract is the primary way that you build a championship contender at Oklahoma City and like Russell Westbrook loves Oklahoma City if the Thunder didn't draft Russell Westbrook, you would never look at Oklahoma City. You know, like no. he's the one who stayed. That's great. He loved the organization. He loved the city, but he learned to love right. the organization and the city through time. You don't just bring a guy on because, I mean, even just driving through cities, like I drove through Dallas and Houston in this past week twice, and you're just like, Oklahoma City is what, like one. Tenth or one twentieth, probably of, of those of, two cities yeah. of the city. Yeah. Like even just like the visual of it is just like oh yeah. And like I knew that. Like I've driven through lots of cities before, but like you just when you really take it in, because that for whatever reason that visual does matter. Because when teams pull in, they're like, oh, here's cute little OKC. That's cool. They have a team here, you know. And and we as people that live in Oklahoma City. I'm not talking to Taylor right now. People that yeah. live in Oklahoma City that really embody Oklahoma City, like we have a chip on our shoulder about that. We're like we have a cool city, we've got really cool stuff going on, and we've got all these places popping up, and we, we're a big league city. And if you have to say you're a big league city, you know that you have a chip on your shoulder. You know, <laughs> like Houston doesn't ever say like we're a big league city. Like no, they don't have to say that. <laughs> Dallas doesn't have to say that, but, but like we now, feel like we have to say that. Now, to be fair. Dallas and Houston are the fourth and fifth biggest cities in our country. They're huge. Like you go, it's New York City, L.A., Chicago, Dallas, Houston. Mm-hmm. Who, who would you say is the next? Who's the next market after us? I mean, who's a small market? Memphis, Memphis. is with us. Yeah, is Memphis the most comparable? I think comparable. Memphis. Excuse me. <laughs> so New Orleans is smaller. Salt Lake City is smaller. New Orleans is smaller. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I'm I'm talking uh-huh. like overall. This is just population now. Obviously, market is is also to do with kind of the popularity name. Like New Orleans hosts All Star Games because it's New Orleans. Like it's a different. And Salt Lake City is actually hosting. Well, they have the infrastructure to yeah to that Oklahoma City doesn't have. Like they're smaller markets, but the, like Oklahoma City couldn't host an All Star Game because we don't have everything that they need to host. An yeah, game. we have that. We have that tram now. <laughs> well, well, we've got lines. that tram that takes you from from Bricktown to Midtown if you want to do that. Well, but the other thing, right? Yeah, and it's going to stop every block. Um, 
but yeah, I think the issue is, and also to be fair, like New Orleans was a lar- much larger city. Not, I mean, it was bigger. Yes, before Hurricane Katrina came Correct. through, and so Correct. I feel like that's at least worth to the mention. too soon. But Memphis, yeah, Memphis is a smaller city. But Memphis, if you've ever been to or through Memphis, Memphis also feels bigger than Oklahoma City. Yes, without uh, a doubt. Also, also, Oklahoma City likes to. Um, I think we inflate our population because our area of the city is so wide. Yeah. But but people who live in Oklahoma City proper, the population, I don't think. Yeah, but to all of these are con- all of these are the the numbers I'm throwing out are numbers of the whole metroplex for yeah. every one of yeah. these cities. So Memphis is including all of its oh, suburbs okay. too. Yeah. Okay. But also, like the point is, like you look at Utah. Oklahoma City, New Orleans, Memphis. Would you be surprised if one of those four teams signed a superstar in free agency? The answer is yes. Very yeah. surprised. Right. If that happened. So to be fair also, without somebody there attracting a star. The Thunder so, couldn't do the Thunder couldn't get Pau Gasol. Agreed. Now that Agreed, but you look at Milwaukee. Milwaukee is not a much different size wise of Oklahoma City. Sure, although it still does feel more it's more yep. big league than Oklahoma. Milwaukee. <laughs> but you look at Milwaukee because of Giannis, the likelihood of them drawing a free agent is much higher. But who have they gotten? I mean, nobody. Yeah. West Matthews. Yeah. Uh, Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Right. Like you're, and that's what you know. Like, but if you have a piece, there's a chance you can sign the Patrick Pattersons and the, the Markeith Morrises, which at least were names that we yeah. thought at that point were like, oh yeah, you can get the yeah, you can get that level of player, sure. But when we're talking about going to get somebody substantial, maybe, maybe it may change. It it may change long term when Oklahoma City, not even the city, but the franchise has now created itself a legitimacy. To where there's a there's at least a part of it where maybe a guy would be like, yeah, I'll go entertain that when it's Shea and Baisley and some other guy that they draft in the next two years and another guy where they're like, man, these are my friends now and it's yeah. also a team and an organization that I trust and you know that I mean maybe maybe but but you have to have a lot of things go right for somebody to be excited to sign in free agency with Oklahoma or or you do what. These teams you don't want to be like do, and you overpay guys. Yeah, you don't. You're the only person that offers Harrison Barnes the contract <laughs> that he gets. You're the only person that offers, you know, Timofey Mozgov 19, although those are Lakers, but, you know, yeah. or you're like, oh, we can get Bismack Biombo for $20 million a year. Like, that's yeah. that's the mistake that I think some Thunder fans, uh, including myself, like the nearsightedness part of, of rebuilding this team it does make you think, man, if you just jump out, you could, you know, who could, because I thought about it. Some of these guys that didn't get extended, like, what would it look like if you took uh, the little Bogdanovich non-related brother from Sacramento and said, mm-hmm. he's going to have a restricted free agency. What if you just gave him a ridiculous contract and said, hey, you can match it, Kings. Mm-hmm. And then maybe he does, you know, want to sign that because you're the only team that's going to pay him yeah. $25 million a year or whatever. Yeah. So I, I kept thinking about that when it came to all these extensions, but I think it's just going to be helpful. And I, like I said, I keep saying it on on Twitter, but it's it's just one of those things where every game is going to be tough for me for a while, um, especially with the rosters currently constructed because they are talented. Yeah, 
They are talented. They're There's good. A few things you could tweak, and I think that they would be winning. They may be four and one or well, three. Well, if you just have Adams playing like we know he can, right. yeah, is one. They would have they would have won several games by now. But you also have to also realize when you take Gallo off this team because that will happen, right? It's probably a bigger drop than what we imagined in our heads in the off season. Yeah, yeah, and I think what's crazy is the person who's going to replace him is going to be Baisley. Yeah. I mean, he was three of nine from three the other night against the Blazers. The other players combined made one three. So they made four, four total threes against the Blazers? Four of 27 from three. Yeah. Did you oh guys see gosh. the stat I sent you guys in the group text? My friend sent me a stat that said the Thunder did not hit a three within the remaining 18 minutes of the game. And the Blazers hit nine threes in the second half after shooting terribly from three in the first half. So there's the difference right there of why the Blazers could come back and ended up winning that game. Yeah. Yeah, and Dame just... He took over. But that's what he was doing was Dame was hitting threes and then getting other people open. Yeah. Dame made as many threes as the Thunder team did with four of nine from three. (laughs) In the second half. Yeah. I mean, it's this is where we're headed, and you know, I it's they're they're good for now, and they're interesting. I mean, they're not. I mean, they're good to an extent. Like they're they're losing games, but I think that they'll they'll win some games over this this next week. <laughs> sure, they'll win some games. Yeah, they uh, play the Pelicans on Saturday. They play the Magic on Tuesday. Like, there's a chance they could get two of those. Both of those are at home. Like, they need to they get play, they, they need then to get they, one of those. Then they play Golden State, and that's a guarantee win. Yeah. They don't have Steph Curry for months. You guys think he really broke his hand? I don't know. I think they're like, hey, just sit down. Although, here's the here's the potential consequence they have. Draymond may legitimately murder multiple people on this team. I know. They're going to have to. You know who doesn't probably handle losing very well? Draymond Ron. Green. They're going to have to, like. They need to throttle been, him down. Yeah. How long have they been contending? Has it been seven years? Give him a sabbatical. Yeah. I don't go. think He's seven. It. Let him go. Huh? That first uh, one just, was just five years. Yeah, because 2015 was their first. Okay, we're not quite there yet. Um, yeah, this. I mean, if you're the Warriors, do you think about trading him? Mm, not after I listened to that Woj pod with Bob Myers and Draymond. All Bob has to do is just talk to him about it. Just. Well, <laughs> Bob Myers is too far in. He's earned too much. He is. Draymond, if he tried to try, if he tried to trade Draymond, that's just it. Bob so, Myers sold his soul for these uh, <laughs> for these championships. Maybe. I mean, maybe. So here's what if he traded him to like Denver though. Paul Millsap and I don't know Malik Beasley or something. And a first oh, round that, would, that would be amazing, actually. Draymond yeah. in Denver. Yeah. Hmm. Intriguing. Just a thought. I think there is a contender out there that would that would make that move. Like, you know who could use him is Portland. Oh, yeah. That would be enormous for them. It would be. It'd be enormous. Enormous. Um, what other... So... Was there anything else from the first kind of five, six games, couple weeks of the NBA season that's intriguing to you? Taylor, what about you, man? Anything else you've been paying attention to? 
I'm happy. For SGA, what? SGA. SGA is playing really well. He's he's the best player on this team. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul has been minimal. I mean, he's been on the court, but he doesn't really seem to care that much. Is that what we decided? He doesn't care that much. <laughs> I don't know. I need to. I, honestly, I need to see more. Yeah, I, I need to see I more. He's. I'm happy. Here's the thing: is like he's staying out of the way for the, for the most part, and he's letting SGA be the guy, which is yeah ideal. Yeah, I'm really totally happy with it that. It is very sweet. Danilo Gallinari's been good. We are not winning that much, but it's been competitive. I'm I'm happy. Yeah. We should finish the year like this. A lot of Schroeder. A lot of Schroeder. But besides Yeah, okay, that, that's I'm not happy about that. That's right. a we're, showcase Schroeder is is what this He's been through the last so. three games, he's been fine. I know. I don't love the three point guard look, but he's good. He's good. He j- he's just a little disruptive to what I want to happen in my own brain. Yes. It surely, it absolutely feels like they're showcasing him. It feels that way. Or is it just Billy loves him? Billy does have a fascination with Schroeder that exists. Yeah. It's just hard. Like, you feel it just completely quenching. Ferguson like I know he hadn't been great but it's like how can yeah. he be when it's like I think he played 14 minutes against the trailblazers it felt like yeah but let's not act like I Ferguson? mean Ferguson's yeah. getting 26 minutes. maybe what he's getting 26 minutes Houston. per game let yeah. me look I got this I got this what other like outside of the thunder Taylor oh in the NBA yeah Who the Lakers is- are real do you think so yeah they're good yeah the Lakers are for real they're a true contender. Uh, the Clippers, I don't know if they'll be better than the Clippers, but if AD stays healthy, that team is for real, for real. So that's the other way you can build in Oklahoma City is you get the greatest player of a generation mm-hmm. to sign for no reason to your team, and well, then no, he you, draws people. You sign because Oklahoma City is the mecca for Hollywood, Hollywood movies. <laughs> right. So... Who else do you think? So, how, how, so, and also Cassidy Schools, because we all know that he's visited before. <laughs> so if you look at like Philly, how are you feeling about Philly? They're for real. T- they're the real deal. I mean, Joel Embiid is unbelievable. I loved all the stuff that happened with Cat the other day. Do we want to discuss yeah, that? Yeah, so I do want to talk about that. I have a, a couple Twitter questions about that. So the first one's from at Thunder Season, and that's just the simple th- thoughts on the Embiid cat fight and then at mom oh my lady mama my lady she says how in the world did simmons not get in a fine get a fine or anything he had a man in a headlock so yeah. what did you think are you talking to me yeah boy what did i think i thought Embiid completely uh destroyed Carl Anthony Towns and made everyone Carl Anthony Towns was having such a good season and now everyone is starting to look at Cat like oh are you kind of are you soft you know like Embiid does this in one game yeah. with his game and then Twitter comments and Instagram Embiid started going crazy I mean he hates Cat so much I don't really know why he hates Cat so much Embiid hates everybody a lot yeah he said he wasn't going to trash talk this year. Either, is this something? So. Is this something that's carried over, or is this something new? Because I don't, I didn't know that there was a thing between them before. 
I think it's – I haven't really heard anything about it. But I also wonder if Embiid just wants to be the best center. Yeah. And if you talk about centers, you're talking about Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. And Cat's had such a good year. So I think Embiid just wanted to completely embarrass him. Yeah, and it's like – I will say this. Number one, is it I, – I watched the fight, but not enough of it to really think like – Oh, this is who landed the most punches, and you know, like for me, it's, it's more grappling, it, it's, which is always going to be the NBA. Yeah. Like, nobody's out there like MMA fighting. Well, I guess grappling anyway. So here's the only question I have: Are we okay with the fact that everybody's giving Ben Simmons all of this credit? Like he made Carl Anthony Towns tap. I'm like, the dude <laughs> was on on his belly. <laughs> And Simmons is on top of him. Like, that's not a fair battle. It's not like, all right, you stand over there, you stand over there, and let's see who wins. Like, literally, in yeah. a scruffle. Scruffle? Scruffle. A scruffle. <laughs> Jay gets in scruffles. <laughs> all of a sudden, somebody's on top of you choking you out. Like, that doesn't mean Ben Simmons is like some, like, elite guy or something. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. master. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing ever to me. People are just like. That video, I think Worldwide Wild was the first one to show it. And it just, mm-hmm. I mean, literally millions of people watching it. But I'm like, I don't think that proves anything. He literally was on top of a guy choking him out. It's not mm-hmm. like he got him there. There was a hundred people in a pile <laughs> fighting each other to get down there. So anyway, I don't know. Think this, about how NBA crazy fights this. are always so weird to me. Think about how crazy this would be. Uh, Simmons gets a little crazy, puts Cat in a headlock, and then. He's just out of control at this point, right? So he squeezes too hard and then just yanks, breaks Cat's neck on purpose. Cat dies. There's a murder on the court. Wow. The rest of the season is about Simmons murdering Cat on live TV. They go to court. Simmons says he's not guilty. He is such a good lawyer. Boom, not guilty. Now becomes the number one story in the nation. How does this person who just murdered on live TV in front of millions of people get away with murder? Something to think about. Next question <laughs> is from... Hey, before we move on to our next question, we want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Shop Good. Here's what I want you to do. Take the moment. Pause the podcast. Get on your little app, Safari or Google Chrome. Go to Shop Good OKC and just take a few minutes to look at what they have for you. It's a it's local cool. Oklahoma City family-owned t-shirt company. Uh and, and here's what they do is they make everything with intention. They're designed and printed by hand by their team. They're sweatshop free, earth friendly, the best quality, and they're super comfortable. They also have great accessories, gifts, home goods, candles, jewelry, hats, socks, pillows, plants, T-shirts, and, and that can be for adults and kids. And they also have a new collection of Thunder T-shirts. And here's what I want to also say is if you're coming to town to watch the Thunder play or if you're coming through, you're listening to this podcast, Stop by, make make a 20-minute detour on your way downtown and go and check out the people at Shop Good. It is just an incredible place, and uh, they want to hook you up. And here's what I'll also say. It's Christmas time. is just around the corner. Yep. I don't know if you've noticed at my house, but my wife, we're bypassing Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. And Santa has begun to make his way into my house. I can see uh, that. And so... Here's the deal. Don't be that person. Don't wait till the last week. Yeah, don't do it. Go that. right now to shop. Get you an accessory for your wife or your husband or your friend. Get them a t-shirt, something to tell them that you love them at Shop Good OKC. 1007 North Broadway Avenue here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Support the people that support Down to Dunk. Do it. It's time for Twitter questions. 
Oh no. Twitter questions. Twitter questions. Hold on. Keep, just keep going. I gotta get these on. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. All right. First question is from at Kieran Merrigan. Would you agree that these have been perfect Thunder losses recently? The games are pretty competitive, but still get the L. Oh. <laughs> There you go, Jay. At Thunder or un, at Huron Merrigan asks, would you agree that these have been perfect Thunder losses recently? The games are pretty competitive, but still get the L only by one or two possessions. Can we lose every game this way? Yeah, they're going to finish one and eighty-one. So here's just, my just this way. Real question: Do would you rather them get blown out? Yeah, or lose this way? Oh, lose this way. No doubt. You don't want to watch a blow. I mean, nobody watches a blowout, right? Because, and the only reason you want to is if maybe Darius Baisley is not playing at all. You know, and you're like, okay, I just want to see Bays play. And, but he's playing. And you want to like see a- more, and you want to see more SGA. Well, he's already playing the most minutes on the team by quite a bit, actually. So to me, I don't, I don't see the benefit in a blowout for this team and what so yeah this is if you're going to lose games if you are going to be in the lottery this is the way to do it competitive basketball i think you learn i think these guys learn a lot from competitive basketball and you know when you're giving guys like diallo 18 minutes basley 17 minutes shea 34 minutes a game great have these guys learn have them grow through that have them figure out how to win games and then trade the best players on the team. Um, so let me so I'll pause and I don't this if I repeat this question later, I'm sorry if I do. So what have you seen out of if you look at kind of the guys that you think, well, here, I'll just ask this question. So who do you think is more likely to survive this rebuild? Hami or Ferg, which is from at TB Ray87. And then another question from at Thunder underscore bus underscore pod is how sustainable is Diallo's play this year? What is the ceiling? So if you looked at these guys, Baisley, Diallo, Ferguson, uh, obviously Shea. I think I'd put Shea on another level. Like he's already really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look at all of these guys, like what are some of the things that have impressed you? And I, I, I think answering that one question starting there. So who's going to survive, Hami or Ferg? I think I would say Hami will be the one that's probably here longer. I think Ferg could be a trade piece maybe in the next year. He he could be. I, I mean, I think he holds – I know that he hasn't been as good as Hami. I think he holds more trade value than Hami. Yeah, because he's he's proven with elite talent that he can be a 3 and D guy, right? Yeah. And I think one of the things you've alluded to a lot early is one of the things that probably is bad for Ferguson is the fact that he doesn't – he he just is better when he does. He's not that high of a focal point when he has other great players around him. Uh, with a lot of expectations, Ferguson has just not shown up in the lot in the first five games really well. So uh, they're not doing a good job of setting up shots for, sure. for others. They're doing a good job of moving the basketball and having those guys create, but they're not doing a great job of creating shots for others. You know, in the traditional way. So I. And he's a guy, he has to be set up. And we saw him drive. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the drive against the Blazers where he drove and laid it up off the side of the backboard. I did watch that one. You know, I mean, it's he needs somebody to set him up. And, you know, Chris Paul is good at that. 
but we haven't seen a whole lot of that from no. him. He's not been good at that this season. Shea's been really a really, really good player, but he's not been doing that. No. You know, and Schroeder doesn't do that. So he'll do that with a big guy, <laughs> but he doesn't do that. No. That's not that's not in his game. And so if nobody's setting anybody up, Ferguson's not going to get there because Hami doesn't need somebody to set him up. Hami just does stuff. He'll drive. He's he can drive. He gets trash buckets really well too. He I gets, love watching Diallo. He's play, a man. great rebounder. He had his first double double of his career the other night. He's, but he'll just go out there and do stuff. And he can drive. He feels comfortable off the dribble, getting to the rim. If you could, we always talk about like if you could combine two Thunder players right. to make a good Thunder player. Like if. Ferg just had that. He'd be a really good player. He wouldn't be like an all-star level player, but he'd, he'd really be really good. He'd be much better. But he doesn't have that comfort level. So okay, so we talked a little bit about Ferguson. What do you see as what what do you see? I'm trying to think. I keep thinking of comps, which I don't like really playing that game. What do you think is the ceiling for Hamadou? I don't know. I mean, he's an energy guy off the bench. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if he's much more than that. I think he's I think he's a helpful player off the bench that can defend. He's good in transition. He's good at making stuff happen. Uh, but without a reliable three-point shot and you're a wing, your place in the league can't really be limited. can't be elevated past a guy off the bench that does stuff. Uh so it's just hard. It's really difficult. I mean, You've got to be elite at some stuff. I mean, you look at Andre Godala, who's never an elite three-point shooter, but he's a guy that was a good, really great defender, could really pass, could really rebound, could do all that kind of stuff. And and then eventually got at least okay from the three-point line. Yeah. Yeah. But people still didn't guard him. No. So, Hami has to get at least there. Where it's like, okay, he's making 31% from three on the season. It does not look as busted as it did, at least in Summer League. Yeah, I mean, he's, what's what are the totals that he's done from, he's one of six. Yeah. He's not taking them, and he's not making them. Yeah. So. Taylor, what do you, so transitioning a little bit from Hami, Hami unless you have something to say about him. Hominy. Hominy. I want to I get your thoughts on what you're seeing from Baisley. Um, hold on. I, I do want to. I do want to ask a question real quick about this Ferg and Hami thing okay. because I think I like Hami better than Ferg, and I want to ask you guys: What does Ferg do at an elite level, or what could Ferg do at an elite level that we've seen? I mean, defend is one. Does is it? Is he? Have you? Has that been the case this year? Yeah, I thought he defended Bradley Beal really well. Um, I don't know. I, I've seen him get smoked by basically everyone else, though. Uh, I saw Hami good... defend the, the Blazers guards better than Ferg did that game. Yeah, he's a he's. I think Ferg is a good slippery defender that can go that can slip through screens and stick with guys. I think he's really good at that. Uh, I do think he's a good defender, and he can hit threes at a decent rate. And if he can be thirty five plus percent from three then that's a that's a helpful role player in the league on any team let alone yeah. the thunder so i mean yes hami's he's been much better there's no question in my mind over this 
over the past five games, who's been better? It's it's really not close. Uh, it's been Diallo. Diallo has been a lot better. Uh, can he sus- can he sustain the ten points per game that he's at right now? Like I don't know. Like he creates in a lot of different ways, and he gets to the basket, and he's in high, a high energy player. Yeah, I th- I think he's been much better. But I I see a path like. If Ferguson played for the Bucks, you know, and he all he had to do was sit there and he had guys creating for him, you know, I think he'd be in a lot better position. This team still is figuring out who they are, certainly on the offensive end. They're still trying to figure out who they are and how to create for others and how to play with each other. And last year, Ferg just had to sit there and wait for the ball came to him. He had some really, really great months as a shooter and defender for the, for that team. And that's that's the I think that is the role that he'll play in the NBA is that he'll he's best suited on a good team surrounded by guys that attract a lot of attention and he can stand there and make a standstill three-point shot and he can play in transition some uh and he can defend one of the better guards on the other team. Hami, I think he's provides great energy. I think that he can handle. He's obviously great in transition. He can drive to the basket. He's going to create second-chance opportunities with his rebounding. Uh, that's the kind of guy he is, but is that a starter in the NBA? I think it's hard It's hard to start a wing that can't shoot in the NBA right now. It's hard. Like, yeah, I mean, Terrence Ferguson has had like two or three good months his whole career at shooting. Like it's not like he's shown us that he's a consistent shooter. He's a career he's thirty-five. Shown us he could be. He's a career thirty-five and a half percent from three. Mm. I, mean, mm. I, mean, I don't know why you say hmm. I mean, like that's a fact. Mm. I, I like the thing is, uh, ha, Ferg has had so many more opportunities than Hami has, and Hami seems to be developing at a better rate than Ferg has given the opportunities that each player has received in minutes in the NBA and even just years in the NBA. I know that they're the same age, but Ferg came in as a rookie and like started getting minutes that year Mm -hmm. and then played on two good teams with Paul George and Russell Westbrook, Mm -hmm. high minutes with both of those teams and, uh, high minutes with one. He didn't, I mean, he played 700 last year, 700 minutes his rookie season. So, okay. But last year and, um, I don't know. I don't know why we have to pick both. They're both going to be on the team. They're both like 21 and on good contracts. So mm-hmm. they're both going to be here. But I don't know. Ferg just we'll, – we'll see, I guess. I know we jumped on his bones a little too quick last year. But this year you really – I mean he seemed to figure something out last year. So we all expected, okay, he's going to come in this year, at least be like stable. He's going to yeah. be – play a, a standard game, five points per game two rebounds, an assist, shoot good percentages, and we haven't even got that. Yeah. Um, and he really, I mean, the truth is he hadn't really had a, much of a chance, and some of that's probably his fault, and some of that's Billy's fault, and some of that's the point guard's fault, but like he shot the ball 16 times. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's played 129 minutes, and he shot the ball 16 times. Hami has played 91 minutes. Yeah. He's played... You know, twenty-eight less minutes, or no, thirty-eight less minutes, and he's shot the ball forty times. Yeah, and gone to the line. I mean, Hami's averaging two point four free throw attempts per game. Now he's not hitting his free throws. His free throw shot looks 
god awful. It's a problem. What is up with that shot? I mean, I'm telling you, the shooting is a problem. He's done cool stuff. But when you shoot 53% from the free throw line and you shoot 16% from three and you're six foot five, it's a thing. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. a thing. And he's been great so far. That's wonderful. He plays a role. He's an energy guy off the bench. That's wonderful. And he tries hard on defense. He tries hard on defense. But if you can't shoot even 30% from three, you know, Mm -hmm. not asking him to shoot, you know, 38% from three. If you got to be in the 30s, like give me 30. He's, I mean, and I, and I just don't think he's that kind of shooter. Like I just, I just don't. And that's going to be his I think we're jumping on him battle. too early, too. Let's give him a year. You know what? We're not going to talk about Ferg and Hami for the rest of the year. <laughs> going to give them both the whole year and to see how it plays out. And we'll touch back on this at the very end of the year. Yeah. Baisley, um, I'm looking at his stats now. He has he's shooting pretty good percentages. Now he's only taken eleven total shots. Yeah. <laughs> but he's shooting forty five percent from the field and forty percent from three. Yeah. He has eight turnovers total, uh, three assists total, a steal, a block, and thirteen total points. Yeah. But you can't look at his stats because you, we're looking for development and how this nineteen year old plays with grown men in the NBA. Yeah. And it seems game by game that he's getting a little bit more confident and making better decisions, not making spur of the moment decisions. Even the first game to this last, to these last two games when he's played, he hasn't really caused uh, a lot of issues. You know, mm-hmm. he hasn't been very productive, but he at least hasn't been getting in the way. And so I think that that's a positive side. Yeah, I think that he's played well in the defensive end for this team. Yeah, and I, I think those. That's a huge part of the positive signs for me is that he's actually contributing on the defensive end. Uh, he's a good rebounder. Um, and honestly, I want to just see him get opportunities. <laughs> this is probably a weird reaction, but when he drove and Lillard drew that charge against the Blazers mm-hmm. with him, I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm really yeah. glad that happened. Like, I want him to see like I don't want him to just have like all this success and you know then later go through struggles like I want to see him yeah. you know drive and make a mistake I want to see because I think that he's a smart smart player because he, he understands the game at a level that a lot of 19 year olds don't he's got a feel that most 19 year olds don't and the and the way that you learn through basketball, through life in general, is like you you make mistakes and you learn from them, yep. and you kind of figure out what you can and can't do. And so every mistake he has, he's given the opportunity to make, I think, is a learning experience for him. And so, because the drive and kick, the drive and finish is going to be his go-to, and it should be because he's got the ability to do that. And so I want him driving. I want him. I want to see him have success, but I also want to see him make the mistakes that a lot of guys do. And he's he's going to have to figure out some kind of some euro step, some kind of stutter step, something to get him to the rim. That's not just like the straight line drive into guys because guys are figuring. I mean, they've already figured it out. You know, oh, this is a, look at this rook coming in. Let me just yep. stand right here and boom, let's get the ball back. 
Um, and so I like it. Like I, I like all the minutes for Baisley. I love really every any opportunity he gets. I think is good, uh, especially he, on a on a team like this. I he I think he's a really good rebounder too, and I think yeah. part of that's just the size. But you see him go up for for good rebounds. You see him. I mean, he's he's, he's in a, good position. He's a serviceable defender. Like you saw him a few times get taken advantage of just because he's just physically not there yet. Like yeah. I mean, obviously the one that sticks out to me is when Russ just bulldozed him to the rim but mm-hmm. he, Russ does that to a lot of players um but basically Almost all the players yeah, yeah basically there's a lot of really really good things I don't think anybody looks back at that draft now and is like dang we should have not taken Baisley yeah. like Baisley's like fits obviously now with the timeline a little bit more too yeah. but yeah and I know there's obviously guys around there that are contributing on decent levels as well but but it is something where I feel like Baisley has been a really really good piece um, I don't know. He's just he's surprising me every game with something he does, and he's already better than Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next Twitter question. So somebody asked the question. This is at Evan Etm. Is it realistically is it realistic to say we can get the number one pick this year? And if so, should I get really into college ball? Probably not realistic that the Thunder are going to get the number one pick. Like. The lottery odds have it to where I think the top three or the bottom three teams all have the highest percentage chance to get it, and then it just starts decreasing as you get further away. Um, now, I will say this. like The Pelicans got the first pick and, and drafted Zion, because, and, and they had 33 wins to get there. I think that's a reasonable number, it looks like, for the Thunder to probably land at it. So there is a chance. It's just incredibly slim. Uh, for the Thunder to probably, and it depends where they land. Like if if they if they aren't if they're ten or fifteen games under five hundred or something by the time they get to trading Gallo, like who knows? Yeah, I I mean number one pick. They they don't have the worst roster in no. the league. They don't have the worst no. team in the league. Um, but yeah, you look at the odds: fourteen percent, fourteen percent, fourteen percent for the worst three teams. Fourteen people. I mean, if you told me that I had a 14% chance to fall on my butt today, I'd be like, I'll take those odds. That's great. I'm not going to fall on my butt today. Like 86% chance that you won't fall on your butt today. Yeah. 86% chance if you have the worst record in the league, you're not getting the first pick. That's wild. Not happening. And that's one of the things Yeah, but that's like a one out of seven. What if I say like this? One out of seven chances. That's, That's different in your head now. One out of seven t- chances you might fall on your butt today. There's going to be a lot of chances that present itself in a whole day. I'll let you guys know because I think that's the real odds for me today. Maybe. And you know it's what? A wobbly day. I might beat the odds and fall on my butt. I, I will say this, though. For a Thunder fan, I think if you want to find a little bit of a new joy in the middle of this is to try to start kind of it's super early to do this but get into the draft a little bit like identify the top 10 15 players and kind of follow them around like a couple of them are playing a couple of them are playing uh overseas and Lamelo and uh rj no hampton hampton rj mm-hmm. hampton and then you have you know like there's obviously the kid from arizona who's the what do they call him like the red mamba or something like yeah. redheaded kid and really good banyan i think is his name there's a lot of guys out there that you can look at and just say, "Hey, man, like this is a potential guy for the Thunder." Because I think the Thunder, I think a likelihood of them getting a top ten pick is is not 
is is higher than eighty six percent. It's likely, or in the eighty six percent range. So they will likely be. I mean, then when you, I mean, it's really it's the top four, and then if you finish outside the top four, and you're in the bottom ten of the league, you're in the. I mean, you're in. Yeah, and the other thing to realize, like you've seen this happen. I think the Hawks have done this a few times, and uh, maybe it was just the Hawks, but. Here's the thing that the Thunder have. Like, if they have Denver's pick at 20, it'll be 26 or something this year or something. I don't know. Yeah. 25, 24. They have Denver's first-round pick, and then they have the th- they'll have their own pick. And is there a chance that the Thunder, if they have the 7 and they have the 24, and there's a team drafting at 5, that the highest positional need for them right there, if it's the Hawks and they're like, we don't need another point guard, but the next person is a point guard at the 4 mm-hmm. or 5, and the Thunder think, man, this guy could be really good with Shea. Like, you could pair those together. This happens all the time. Like, you could pair those two picks together to move down three spots to get a guy mm-hmm. that you're more excited about than at that position. You know, like, that happens throughout the draft. Like, I think the thing to remember in the middle of this is the Thunder have 15 first-round picks. Yeah. Over the next six years, seven years. Seven years, yeah. And and that doesn't mean that they're going to get 15 draft picks. Like, that doesn't mean they're going to draft a person at Fif- every one of yeah. those yeah. positions, plus their own. Like, what it means is that there's a high so, likelihood that they can part, pair things together to to move higher up or to find a guy that's off a rookie or in a rookie deal or whatever. You know, like, it is just something where the the potential and the, the likelihood of some really exciting stuff at the draft and the off season for the Thunder is going to be incredible. And then rookie leagues are going to be the highlight of your summer. You yeah, know, summer going league, forward. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, summer league. So, yeah, number one pick, not super realistic, but it is something you, you never should, know. You should pay attention. There's tons of draft mock drafts out there and big boards, and I mean, we'll tell you the ones to trust. Like anything ESPN does, Sam Vecini is also fantastic. Uh, I would avoid. I like that because it's enjoyable, but I would avoid NBADraft.net. <laughs> but but there's a lot of really good mock drafts you can. Look I mean, at. like you look at New Orleans and Memphis. Like they weren't the worst two teams last year. Like they won games in the 30s. Yep. So you never know. You never know. All right. So next question from Vito at Vito zero zero six zero eight three six three. When should we expect for this team to return to contention? If the last Thunder era taught us anything. Young players are impatient, and championship windows are getting shorter. So how long? How long until they're back in contention? Yeah. If I were to predict, uh, oh, I would predict three to five years. Okay. I think is a realistic expectation. So all those that think that we can develop Shea into the next superstar, bring in Michael Porter Jr., draft a guy – in the next three, you know, two years, and then become a super team again. I think that you have unrealistic expectations of what this could actually be. Um, I would also take a. I would also take this into consideration. The Thunder have been screwed by the NBA CBA over and over. I think three and over different times again, and you have to wonder if the Thunder would sit back and say, "We don't want to be screwed over by the CBA again," and before we take a giant step forward should we wait until we know what the rules are i don't know if this is true but i just wonder if they would want to wait until the next cba is negotiated and push for some positives for small markets and then take your big step after that 
you know, like actually make your push after that. And I think the CBA is up 2023. So, I mean, I'm not saying like that's when they'll be good again. Like they, they will be better before then, I believe. But when it comes to like really going for it, like pushing hard, you may, you may see the Thunder have some trepidation until they know exactly what they're working with. Yeah. The Harden, Harden's whole deal was, a screwing by the NBA. Yeah. The Kevin Durant thing. Yep. Was part of that. Yep. The, and even the know, Rose rule stuff. Yep. They got, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of things where the Thunder, the rules were changed on them in the middle and it, it screwed them in, in multiple ways. And I, I don't think the front office will forget that. Right. If I'm them, I don't forget that. Yeah. Because you want to build a contender, and you're continually undercut by the league and the league's rules. Well, I would, so I would, much, wa- I would so want much. to know the rules I'm playing with before I'm trying to win a championship. So much so to where most people in the know, and I think I've said this before, but most people in the know would say that the most recent, they grandfathered Russell into some of the new rules so that the Thunder didn't get screwed with Russell as well as they did with Kevin Durant and yeah. James Harden, right? Yeah. Like, the league recognized, like, oh, boy. Like we're going like this to, is getting awkward yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay, next question. This is, Taylor, why don't you answer this one? This is from at the PT Profit, <laughs> the PT Profit. Where will Robertson's minutes come from when he's healthy enough to play again? Diallo's been so good, and I feel like they can't come from him. Are his minutes more at the four spot for Baisley or Muscala? So, number one, does Robertson play again for the Thunder, Taylor? That's my first question. But if so, uh, whose minutes does he take? Robertson never plays again. It's very obvious. Next question. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I th- he'll play this year. He's practicing more. Uh, he's a full go. He's been full go from day one. They're just really easing him back into this. There's no issues, guys. There's there's no issues with him. <laughs> so when he plays, I think that they'll split minute. I think they will start to take some of Schroeder's minutes away. Why are you maybe calling him five. Schroeder. You did that last week too when I, I wasn't thought it on was the Schroeder. podcast. No, Schroeder. 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 Okay, here's my thing. I thought I was calling him Schroeder last year, and you kept correcting me. No, no that didn't. That actually okay. never happened. Are we wrong? No. No, it's Schroeder. Okay, so um, I think right. some of Schroeder's minutes. Some of Schroeder's minutes <laughs> go away. Um, I think they'll take. I don't know. Terrence Ferguson's only playing twenty-five minutes a game. Let's see. Mike Muscala's minutes. You're out of here, buddy. He you have like been one of a thirteen dump from the truck. three-point line. Yeah, he's been a freaking dump truck one trash of, man. One of fifteen, a full one six, of fifteen, a full six percent. Oh wow, uh, Nader's minutes. You're out of here, buddy. Yeah. He's so only there's playing 10 minutes. Like five a game, isn't he? No, ten minutes per game. <sighs> yeah, when he's played, it's been ten minutes a game. He's played in three other games. Yeah. So I mean, there's twenty twenty five minutes easy. So I don't think it's going to be that hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's going to. Yeah, I think that he'll steal minutes at the four. He's coming off the bench. He's is, is he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean probably. I, I mean I get it, but I'm like, been played for two years. Yeah, but when he comes back, <laughs> but when he's back, he'll be a in full, January. He'll be a really, really full go. I know, it's here, wild, man. 
Yeah, that was just a bad choice of words. What? Full go, baby. I'm a full go. He probably thought he was, man. I'm a full go. And then he went and practiced and was like, oh, my knee is the size of oh, a basketball. What I'm, just happened? I'm a half go. Dude, I yeah. just feel awful for him, man. I feel bad for him, too. He's good, good Salt dude. of the earth, dude. He's awesome. Uh, and He's my soulmate. He's a guy. He's Taylor's soulmate. He's a guy that, he's a, <laughs> if he can play, he's a guy that could be moved on. Yeah. And he should be, probably. Somewhere else. Makes $10 million a year. He's an expiring deal. I think they, you know, they can move on from him and let him, which go, is why they've go, got to get him on the floor. Though. Go play minutes for somebody else. Yeah, and I think, I don't. I think that they want to wait until he's ready. Yeah, you don't want until he actually is a full go. If he's seventy percent and his knee swells up after the first game, like, and then he has to sit the next one, like, you don't want to play that yo-yo game. With I don't him. think they want to do that. I think that he would like. They would like for him to actually just play. Yeah. And I don't think he and it's it's weird and it's difficult, but it, I don't. Uh, he clearly didn't know where his body was at. Yeah. Until he got into training camp, and he's like, "Oh, okay." Uh, so, well, I think he will play this year, and I think that there's a high likelihood that if he does play, uh, they move on from him, even if it's just like a second round pick thrown to the Thunder from. Whoever, I think that that's it's worth another bite at the apple for the Thunder, and yeah. it's and it's worth it for Robertson to go to a team that can that he can contribute to. So I know this next question from at only the thun, only the Earth, and it says I know we probably all agree that the rebuild is the is the best thing for us or the good thing. Do you ever catch yourself thinking about if the post Paul George trade Thunder with Russ would have been an improvement over this? Team, or over the Russ and PG teams. So if they don't trade Russ for Chris Paul and mm-hmm. Russ is the point guard for this team with Shea and Danilo and all them, would this team, as currently constructed, be more consistent than the Russ-PG teams? Uh, I think they'd be better because, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Russ is a better player than Chris Paul is today. Um, but would they have been better than the last two Thunder teams? No, no. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I mean that that team last year in the regular season was good until the till the last twenty games. Well, until yeah. there until the Paul George injury, and then that set Russell Westbrook off on a different loop. But like that team was really, really good. They were really good. They were good. All right. Next question from at Soul of an Eagle. Thoughts on a Gallo for Michael Porter Jr. trade? I mean. I I would love it for the Thunder. I just don't think it's a realistic idea. I just, I don't. I mean, what what are you trading to Denver? Like, let's let's try to construct a trade here. Let's 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 do. Let's go. Let's no no not that, not that one. Not that one. Not that one. All right, here we go. So we're in the trade machine. Uh, I'm clicking on the Thunder. They've got some players. I'm clicking on the Denver Nuggets. And <laughs> trying to construct a trade, one, for the $22 million that, that Gallo has and Michael Porter Jr. who makes 3.3. I mean, you can do Michael Porter Jr. I think they would be willing to give up a Paul Millsap at this point who's expiring, 
who makes thirty point three million. So the Thunder now have to. Then you could throw maybe Andre makes sense for them. Great. Let's try it in the trade machine. It works. It's successful, and the Nuggets win a full one. They're a one game better than they were before. Woo-hoo! Um, Could be the difference. This was John Hollinger's analysis of the Athletic. Subs- like and subscribe to the Athletic, everybody. Uh, why in the world would Denver do this? And then what can you do to sweeten the pot? Throw in a first round pick. Give them back their first round pick. Give them another an additional first round pick. You're giving up multiple picks to get uh, MPJ. I don't played exactly one game. See, I thought he had played most like at least three games this season. Yeah, based on how people are talking about him, he played one game. He's played one game, and he was good. But it's been one game, and they lost. He's just he's a born loser, I guess. Loser, known loser. He's a known loser. Michael Porter Jr., known loser. Why would we want to trade for that guy? No, I I don't if I'm Denver, I just say no. No. No, no, no. That's what I say over and over again. Why would they do this? No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Why would they do no, this? No. Why would Denver do this? What's the incentive for them to do this, Taylor? Uh, you're really asking me? Yeah. They would say, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> yeah. My, it doesn't listen, make sense. Here's the thing. They're already a contender this year, and they have a 21-year-old Michael Porter Jr. who might be really good on a really good contract. Why would they do this? No, yeah. no, 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 no. He's on a controllable contract. Yeah. Why are you? I just don't I don't understand. Like I, 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 and here's the thing. Like I get it. People are looking for rookie-scale players that the Thunder could use their assets to acquire. I get it. I totally get it. It's been five games. It's been five yeah. games. Like if if this were game seventy five, and he hadn't played all year, there was rumors that he was frustrated, that he didn't like the organization, that he's you know trying to get out of Denver. He's on the trade block. Sure, then we can talk about it. There's nothing that says that he's unhappy in Denver. That Denver would like to trade him. That they like to do this or that. They've got enough like assets to consolidate to go get another player now i mean if the thunder were to construct a trade that included gallinari one it would not include michael porter jr two it would probably be set like gallinari robertson for Millsap and hernan gomez you know and then that's that may be all you can come to expect for this team or for Gallinari. Gallinari is an expiring contract. Yes, he's good. He's a good player. He'll help somebody. If the Thunder can get a first-round pick for him, wonderful. I don't care what the quality of first-round pick is. I don't care. If you can get a first-round pick for him, that's great value for an expiring contract. It's not an easy thing yeah. to get. Um, but you're not getting Michael Porter Jr. Like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. The issue is going to be matching money with him, right? Like some of these teams, like Milwaukee, would love to have Danilo, but like we want Eric Bledsoe. Do they want to give up Eric Bledsoe? No. I mean, maybe. <laughs> have you seen Malcolm Brogdon's stats this year? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's playing for the Pacers, and they have nobody but him. Would you do Bledsoe and Irsan Ilyasova for Danilo Gallinari? 
I mean, the Bucks would be so excited to do that deal. Why would right. we do that? You don't. No, no, you no, don't no, 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 no. Just, just throwing it out there. Hey, Eric Bledsoe has an eight per so far. Small sample yep. size theater. He's been terrible. I'm trying to and think of Brogdon the... has a twenty nine point four per oh, this man. year, averaging people... eleven assists and twenty two points per game. How stressed... eleven assists on that team? How stressed out would you be if you were a Bucks fan about that? Um, oh, as man. long as Giannis is healthy, I'm okay. I can talk myself through it. But right now, thinking like knowing how much uh, Eric Bledsoe is playing, and I mean they they chose Eric Bledsoe, correct? Just because the money would be less than paying Brogdon. I I mean they paid him in mid season. They extended him. Oh God, why? I don't know. It's a bad choice. All right, let's move on to a few final Twitter questions here. These are all some Halloween themed fun Twitter questions. First one's from at Benelephant King. Is taking Halloween candy from your own children considered stealing? No. No, it's called no. taxes. No, it's no. Yep, collecting your taxes. That's it. Dad tax. All right. Next question is from Matt Bangelo. Best Halloween horror movies to watch. Um, I don't like scary movies. I used to, but I do not anymore. Um, so Taylor, you like scary movies? Not really. So this is not the uh, the right crowd. <laughs> this to, is uh, the wrong crowd. Movies, I'll yeah. tell you what I did though. I don't, I'm not. I may have mentioned this too. Sorry, but I watched Scream on Freeform. Yeah. last week or two weeks ago. Uh huh. First time I'd seen it probably in its entirety since 1996. Maybe was it scary? Uh, no, it wasn't. But it was the most terrifying movie I ever saw when I first saw it. Yeah. And but here's what's happened: is those like scary movie like mock movies with mm-hmm. the, the Waynes brothers. Yeah. They ruined that movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because it's like those masks, like those masks used to be scary, like it was kind of scary now it's like, oh, I remember when they made that smile. Now all you think is and... Yeah, I know, <laughs> for real. Like that's it. Um so but anyway, I did watch that. That used to be one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Uh I'll oh. tell you a good one to watch in the Halloween season is uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. So oh, that's a good one. Hocus Pocus is fine, enjoyable. My wife made us watch that. Monster Squad is another one of my favorites from my youth. Okay. I mean, I watch Stranger Things, and that's kind of scary. That's great, yeah. is what that is. That's a great. That's oh, great. That's great. Did you guys watch the the Haunting on Hill House? The Haunting of Hill House. I think it was Netflix. It came out last year. No, I heard uh, it was awesome. It was. It was really good, and that was pretty scary. I don't think that's what it's called, though. <laughs> the Haunting of Hill House? The Haunting of the House on the Hill? No. The Haunt- Haunting of Hill House. That's it. Yeah, I don't Listen, know. we're not horror people. Let's move on. Yeah, sorry. All right, next question is from at Momo Milady. Opinions on dark chocolate. Cho- dark, hmm. Let's start that again. Dark chocolate. <laughs> opinions on dark chocolate Reese's. I haven't had it. I bet it's awesome. I, I like, like Reese's I and like, I like dark chocolate. Do okay. Time out. Do we say Reese's or Reese's? So here's <laughs> here's the confusion. For Reese's pieces, I say Reese's. I say Reese's <laughs> for the cups. Isn't that wild? So so there's so no when, when I see you for I the podcast, not. I'll call you Jay. But when I see you in as a pastor, I'll call you Jay. Like no. Also, do you oh, yay. say yay? Do you pastor say yay? 
when you drop something and there uh, uh, are parts of it scattered on the ground, do you say, oh, I have to pick up all these PCs? <laughs> <laughs> Dropped all my PCs. <laughs> Andrew, go pick up the PCs yeah. of your broken yeah, toy. If you're, calling them Re- if you're calling it Reese's, it's Reese's Pieces. Pieces. And if it's if you call it Reese's, you can call it Reese's Pieces. You guys are so fun, man. I love it. <laughs> I haven't had it. I would like to try it. I believe dark chocolate is good. I believe peanut butter is good. And so I'd like to have it. Next Are you on a political campaign yeah. right now? What do you want? What do you want me to like? I like it. Next, I next. believe dark chocolate is good. I believe that peanut butter is good. And I believe that both of them together can only make this country better. Andrew, Andrew Schleck, dark chocolate candidate. 2020. Next one is from, I just do it because I love his name, Petty Pendergrass underscore at Undersc- o underscore God. Uh, Wagata. <laughs> What's your favorite underappreciated Halloween candies? He says that he loves the flavored Tootsie Rolls and he can't get enough and they don't get enough love. Oh, man. Here, I, I, I enjoy l- almost every candy, I guess. So, yeah, I don't discriminate very much <laughs> except for black licorice, which is terrible. I can get down to black licorice. Oh gosh! Yeah. Oh, you're a real you're a real candy freak. Yeah. What about almond joys? Are those popular? Because I love them. They're not popular. No. <laughs> Bottom of the barrel candy. You know what I don't like that people love Butterfingers. I love Butterfingers. That's no, one I of like my favorite fingers. Give me and I, this has been a staple of mine for years. Give me a Butterfinger and give me a coffee. Ooh. You know that's that's it right there. One of my favorite is the Hershey's wow. cookies and cream. It's good. Huge fan of those. Yeah. Love it. So, like, what are the worst Halloween candies? Like, uh, candy corn, a lot of people say, and I freaking love candy corn. I like candy corn. You put- candy corn and peanuts. Oh. I know, man. I heard you say I saw you say that on yeah. Twitter. It's really good. Candy corn and peanuts <laughs> is amazing. Have you had it, Taylor? <laughs> oh, what is, what is that? It's Can- candy corn and peanuts. Oh, you just eat yeah, them together? Them. Yeah, yeah. You go like- get a thing of peanuts, and you go get a thing of candy corn. And you put them oh, in God, a bowl that's together. a lot of work for not very good two no, items. No, it's fantastic. To put together, yeah. uh, stop. Saltwater With taffy. Your judgment. What? Saltwater taffy. You think I'm going to go to the store? We and talked get about. Candy we did. Corn we peanuts. talked about this last week about terrible candies. Um, those black and orange ones that are like a peanut butter thing. People talk about those. Circus peanuts. Tootsie rolls. I love Tootsie rolls. They're good. They're good. Don't. Don't hate on Tootsie rolls. They're all right. They're they're all right. Smarties. Mm. You guys into smart? Smart is okay. Mm. They're okay. Good and plenty. No, good and plenty's black no. licorice. That stuff. No, get it out of my life. Okay. Also, what's with that name? That's such a 1910s name. Good and plenty. What is this sweet food we've created? <laughs> I would like. Well, it's good, and I'd like it in a plentiful amount. <laughs> this the name of a candy. <laughs> good and plenty. <laughs> <laughs> what about Charleston Chew? Y'all like Charleston Chew? Oh, Charleston Chew. Oh, here in Charleston, we make these candies and they're chewy. Charleston Chew. All right, I got one more question for you, but before I get there, I just want to tell you about something. Here's the deal. We're in like the sports, oh, sports like good spot. You've got NBA is in full swing. You've got NFL 
is mid-season form headed towards i mean we we're it's it's we're going there man you've got nhl is going on we just wrapped up the world series oh man altruve what's his name uh, the, uh, sure i don't know but the nationals <laughs> won congratulations what's his name altruve lost i know he man. On, he's on the Al- jose altruve jose altruve you know i saw so many of those jerseys over this past week there's a lot of a lot of um astro fans but here's what i want to tell you <laughs> to celebrate how wonderful this sports season is, betonline.ag and CLNS Media are giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So head over to betonline.ag you, or you can use your mobile device to join today and use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines. There's so many good things going on. Get into the action, betonline.ag your online sports books experts. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for your bonus. So jump on to betonline.ag. Sports people that support down to dunk. I got one more question. Are you guys miffed or peeved? Miff. 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 Miffed and peeved. So I'm a little miffed and peeved at myself. So here's the deal. Is historically, I just don't love Halloween. I've talked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Super overrated ha- holiday. You don't like to dress Obviously up. not the truth for Luke since he couldn't be here this morning because he <laughs> enjoyed Halloween a little flu-like too much. Flu-like symptoms. Yeah, for Luke. flu-like symptoms. Uh, <laughs> it's like he played in L.A. Uh, so, and, but the, here's what happened, it's got man. the Atlanta flu. Is part of it I realize is a lot of it is I just get overwhelmed by trying to come up with an outfit. And I looked online last mm-hmm. night. Like, if you go on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook last night, you see everybody in their costumes. And I got a little bit upset with myself of not making a little more effort. So here's my on, commitment Jay. to all of you who listen. Next year, I'm going to dress up as something. Okay. And I don't know what it is, but I'm a big man with a beard, and I don't want to shave, and I don't want to lose weight. <laughs> so... <laughs> You can come up with an idea that fits with that. That'd be great. So that's my myth to pee. I was a little myth to pee with myself. What about you, Andrew? Wow. Um, I'm feeling G&B'd right now. Yeah. You know? Your glasses look good, man. It's a I little got G&B'd. Some, got some yeah, glasses. great glasses. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Uh, dressed up as the uh, Mario characters last night with my kids, and we had great. a really fun time. I was Yoshi. Um. We had a great time, so I don't know. It was great. That's good. It's good. What about you, you guys? Look good, man. Thanks, good, man. man. I'm I'm G and B. Here's the thing. I um, also don't like Halloween. I also don't like dressing up. But my wife had such a good idea. She went as Miss Frizzle, and I oh, just the got Frizz. A, Frizz, Miss Frizzle, and I just got a T-shirt that has a school bus on it, and that's all I had to do. Magic school bus, right there. Wow. Done. So that was easy. Um, and then now that Halloween's over, are you guys ready for two months of Christmas season? Here we are. Time for Christmas. Uh, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Let Santa come down your chimney. Do you guys get chimneys and mailboxes confused? Sometimes I call mailboxes chimneys. No, never. Sometimes <laughs> never. mailboxes that are built the same way that chimneys are, like just square bricks, you yeah, know? Okay. And so I'll be like, oh, look at this. I'll, in my head, see a mailbox and say the word <laughs> chimney. Never. Never, ever. 
Thanks for but to Santa uses Santa uses your chimney as a mailbox in a way by delivering packages through it. I think that there's a strange confusion. Yeah. <laughs>